if you have your Bibles or your, I know it's 2021, so you, you might be carrying it in your pocket. <clears throat> your Bible takes pictures, isn't that wild? Uh, find Mark chapter 10, please. Mark chapter 10. Miss Amanda has already <clears throat> let you know that today we are we're going to be dedicating some babies. Say amen, church. Amen. That's a... Uh, I'm the, I, in the spirit of full disclosure, I don't have a ton of pastor friends. Um, I, I, probably need, I probably need more, so um, if you want to be a pen pal, let me know. Uh, but, but, but the pastor friends I do have, with the exception, of course, of Pastor Duane and those that serve with us here, I... I I'm, I'm the oddball pastor that loves to do weddings, and I love to do baby dedications. Because I, I, I was a dad before I was a preacher. I, w I was a husband before I was a preacher. I was both of those things before I even knew Jesus. So family to me and Miss Kim, it's just super important to us. Our marriage is sacred. Our marriage is, um, our marriage is, is personal, but it's not private. Kind of like our salvation. Our salvation experience is very personal, but it's not private. It's, it's not secret. Um, what, what, what you see with, with me and Miss Kim, Pastor Dewey, Miss Amanda, our children, man, what you see here is what you're going to see in Beaver Creek, Ohio, if you're sitting on my back porch. Um, my, my, uh, my kids are awesome. But, but they will hurt your feelings. Because they're a little too witty to suit me. I used to be able to outthink them. But, and then, well, you know Pastor Dwayne's kids, so we love them. But they're just a little too witty to suit me. Our, our responsibility, I want to I I talk, talk to the grown-ups in the room today. I don't know, we got some kids here, we got some teens here. We're so glad you're here. If you are a young adult, uh, you need to listen because you're going to need to know this. And I don't like repeating myself, so I'll just tell you now, we won't have to have that conversation later. It's our responsibility to lead and be a mentor to those behind us. Amen. It is our duty. It's, it's our privilege. To love on. And to encourage. The generation behind us. I, wa I want to say this. There are some in this room. Some watching online right now. That you would probably push back a little on me on this next thing I'm going to say because you really had to overcome some stuff. Can I say, I validate that. And you have persevered and you have rose above some things. 
But, but you need to understand you didn't get here by yourself. Somebody in the generation before you pulled you up to where you are. And you may be thinking, no, that's not the case. My daddy left. My mama left. My grandpa. No, there was somebody who bent a knee on your behalf and went to the king and said, give him a little longer. Open a door for her, please. She needs this job. He needs to be delivered from this addiction. Somebody. It may be related to you and it might not. Somebody though, somebody did something to pull you up out of where you were. I want you to know, I want to be that guy to the generation behind me. Amen. And I know you want to be that person to children, to young adults. And I believe now more than ever, I believe it's imperative that we become advocates and we become influencers for kids and teens and young adults. I believe that. I don't apologize for that, and, and not, not in an arrogant way, but in a, I truly mean that way. Now more than ever, or I, I will at least say now as much as ever, we need to be advocates and influencers. In our texts, we've got some people that they had that mindset they wanted to get children to Jesus. They wanted to get the generation behind them into the presence of Jesus. And unfortunately, many times, I don't act like an advocate and an influencer. Many times I get caught up in Jeff Burke. I get caught up in me. I, got a little, I get a little sideways. I get a little selfish. I get a little into myself a little too much. But my heart is that I would continue to be and get better at and more intentional with being an advocate and an influence in their life. But sometimes we let ourselves get in the way. You know, kids will learn more by what they see us do than what they hear us say. I don't know how you grew up. But it didn't always fly in my house when I was a kid. It, it, it kind of didn't matter what Pops did. What he said was what was important. Well, that, that, I, and my father was a great father. Please don't mishear me. But that kind of confused me a little bit because I'm like, well, you, you just told me not to raise my voice. And then, so it, it kind of, that don't mean that I told him that. Please know that right up front. Because I, I, you know, I don't have all my teeth, but I would have less had that have been an issue. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, I was, I'm from that generation. But how many know that when we give up too soon, what we teach our children is that when it gets hard, quit. Can we, can we have a grown-up conversation today? Is that okay? All right. When, when, when you and I as adults, when we harbor unforgiveness in our hearts, ouch, man, I'm... I'm, I'm going a little hard right out of the chute. I should have softened that a little bit. Dwayne told me to tell you that when we harbor <laughs> unforgiveness in our hearts toward one another, we begin to think that that's, the kids begin to think, well, that's how you deal with people, right? Someone reaches out with an olive branch wanting to make peace. Yeah, no. No, you hurt me. Don't raise your hand, but... 
You ever been offended? Um, number one tool of Satan is offense. That's what he baits us with for every other sin in our life. Why don't I have that? Why can't I do this? Can't believe she said that. Pastor picked him and not... When we have fickle relationships and if we're kind of fake towards folk, you know what I'm talking about, right? When we're at church and then on the way home, you have me and Dwayne for dinner. It, I, I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one that was brought up in church. I, I started going to church when I was five years old when my father got saved. And my mother was a force to be reckoned with. And she would not let anyone speak ill in the car ride home. Now, I'm not saying they didn't have conversations. I never heard my folks roast anybody at the church, ever. Not a negative thing. And I'm here to tell you, that made a mark on me. That marked me big time. We have to be very intentional, very strategic and those, with those little ears that are behind us in the back seat. Those, those little ears are in the other room. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Advocates and influencers. Are you in Mark 10? The people in our text, they were four children. They were excited for children. They took an interest in children. They, they took a... They took a, 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 an investment and poured it into the generation behind them. And they did it so they would enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to talk about that for just a few minutes. And then we'll get into this baby dedication. And I'm very excited to do so. But I want you to know that we hold the keys in many ways to our children being successful in the kingdom behind us. We really do. I'll, I'll give you a quick illustration and then, and, and the points in this message that I'm going to bring out to you out of this text. The template that were over my life because the gentleman that I'm going to mention to you, his name was Coy. He was an, an older gentleman. He passed away a few years ago and I got to go to his funeral. When I was a just a lad, I, uh, we had a Sunday school class, and it was called the Junior Boys. It was what we would call elementary school. And my father had kind of planted a church with another gentleman, and the church was small. I was the only kid in this Sunday school class, because you know how grades move on, right, in, in, in Sunday school, and in regular school, obviously. But in Sunday school, you kind of promote the kids, right? Well, they, the kids that were with me, they kind of promoted out. And so I sit in this classroom all by myself. And Corey York would show up. And he would have that lesson prepared. And you would have thought he was Billy Graham. You would have thought that there were 500 kids in that class. And when I didn't understand something, he let me ask a question. He was an advocate for me. He would ask me, what can I pray for you about? And then he would pray for me. And then he would follow up. And I remember Coy York 
One Sunday, we were in the class, and he got done with his lesson preaching, I mean, just teaching hard out of the King James Bible. I got about a third of it, maybe. But he was just going in, and he closed his Bible. And he came down, and he's sitting in the chair beside mine. And he said, do you know I love you? Do you know Jesus loves you? He has something for you. Chase him. And of course, I was a little, okay, got it. What does that even mean? But he continued week after week to deposit truth into my life. Mr. York, who I'm indebted to forever, and one of the reasons I'm right here, he was an advocate and an influencer for this little preacher. Like the people in our text. So what does a real influencer for young people do? If you're taking notes, I would ask you to write this down. Number one, they get involved. They get involved. They get involved. Mark chapter 10, would you look at verse 13, please? We're going to read the first part. Your Bible says this, Mark 10, 13, people were bringing little children to Jesus, pause. These people were involved. These people were hands-on. These folks didn't leave it up to somebody else to do it. Are you with me? And in order for us to see our kids' lives changed for the better, we have to be involved. Many of us, and, I, and, and, and I'm guilty of it at times too, we kind of sit back and we can identify everything that's wrong. Somebody say amen. We can identify what's wrong. These kids these days. Yeah, well, we were those kids that day, too. We can kind of sit back and we can get a little apathetic and go, I wonder why she don't do something. Maybe she don't know what to do. The people in our text got involved and we kind of sit back and we grumble and we would say things like, when I was growing up, I wouldn't get away with that. Well, we got away with something different. Can we be honest? I mean, let's be honest, we left the house when the sun came up, right? We came home right at dusk. And if they knew what we were into, Mama, I know you're listening. I still love you, but we'll talk when I get there. The people in our text didn't make excuses. They got involved. They got hands-on. They didn't say I was too busy. They didn't say it's none of my business. The fact is, we're all too busy. Amen. Can I be real honest? Many of us are too busy to raise our own kids. And I'm not even suggesting that we would try to raise someone else's kids. I am, however, encouraging you. It's more than a suggestion. We need to partner with folk. And we need to contribute where we can. Amen. All right, you're with me, I think. I guarantee you that the folks in our text had other things to do than to bring kids to Jesus. Guarantee it. Life wasn't easy then. But I want you to notice this text. It says something very interesting. And honestly, I didn't really grasp it until this time through of studying this out. Look at this verse. People were bringing little children to Jesus. People, people, 
Not parents. People. So I began to dive into this and I started looking at other translations and the way they parse out this verse. And even the translations that say people, I think the New King James, the King James, or it says parents rather. Even that, that word literally translated means those who cared. Not, not those who cared for. Those who cared. Period. People. Parents were probably in that group. But it wasn't just parents. It was people. It was a neighbor. It was a grandparent. It, you get People were bringing children to Jesus. I love this. I love, I love that it's referring to others outside of the walls of the home. That encourages me and it challenges me. And it's important because many of us think either because we don't have children or our children are grown or... We do life with folks, and we only have our children part of the time that we can't get involved. I want to say that's not true, because if you're an advocate and an influencer, you can be involved. You can be involved openly. You can be involved anonymously, but you can be involved. You can be aware of those around you. You can be aware of the generation behind you and what they're seeing from you, what they're hearing from you. Are we tracking? Are we, you, people get involved when they want to influence others for the better. Amen. When we can let a child speak to us and be open and honest with non-judgmental ears and we don't just look at a child or a teen and go ahead and make a judgment on them based on what they look like or what they sound like. Are you with me? Listen, if you're my generation, you know what that feels like. And you hated it. I hated it. I hate it. And I'm almost 59 years old and I still hate it. Why? Why then? Do we draw an unbiased conclusion, or, or, or I should say a very biased conclusion, about a, a young man or a young woman without ever engaging in a conversation with them? God help us. Get involved. Get involved. It is the belief of this church, me, Pastor Dwayne, that we've got a multitude of kids either in or on the verge of the court system that we do life with. I didn't say inside the walls of this church. But you know, you have farther reach than these walls, I hope. Amen. What will we do to be part of the solution? What will we do as an advocate and an influencer? We need to make sure we're granting the children access to their destiny. Influencers and advocates get involved. Number two, they get involved for the right reason. I'll say this is important. I learned real quick that some people wanted to be involved sometimes with my children to get to me. It was, it was really the case when, when I was touring on the road with music and folks kind of wanted... They needed to get, they, 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 they wanted to get my year. They wanted, they wanted to get me a demo. They wanted to get me a, and so they would, 
They would be involved with working shows and my wife, my daughters would run the merch tables and stuff like that. And they would just, all of a sudden, they're wanting to be involved. But they weren't, they had the wrong motive. They had the wrong agenda. Look at our text. Verse 13, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. Period. They had one motive and one agenda. I love the New King James parses this out is like this. Then they brought the little children to him that he might... Touch them. Oh, gosh. We need a touch from Jesus. Our children need a touch from Jesus. Amen. Real advocates. Real influencers. They have good intentions for getting involved. They have one motive, and that is that kids would come to know Jesus. Receive a touch from him. The only motive they had, and the word touch here is so important. Please, oh, if you don't hear nothing, hear this, please. It's more than a casual touch. It's more than a church experience. It's more when, when I was a youth pastor and Pastor Duwango, when he was a youth pastor, I know this is the case because we've had this conversation so many times when we would be having youth retreats or a camp or whatever. Even, even with children's church, there's, you have these moments, right? You have these emotional experiences, right, D? You have these, you have these camp experiences, and I'm not discounting what God can do in those. Please don't misunderstand. But the reality is, that's not what these folks were trying to do. They weren't trying to just move the kids. They weren't trying to work something up. They had one agenda, and it should be ours. And that is getting kids to Jesus so that Jesus can radically change their life forever. Starting now into their destiny, and for all eternity. That should be our goal. We should have no other goal. It's not just to get kids in. We don't do VBS and absolutely go berserk on VBS, lose our minds. I can't talk for a week after VBS, and my wife said, thank you, Jesus. But the reality is, the true reality of it is, we don't do all of that so that we can stand up here and say how many we had. You know what we get excited about when we meet for VBS and pray before we do VBS and afterwards when we come together and say what worked, what didn't work? We celebrate the fact if one comes to know Jesus Christ, that was worth it all because that's our motive and that's our intention because real advocates and real influencers, they do what they do. They get involved. For the right reason. This word touch is so interesting. God, would you look at this definition? Just read it. Just read it. Just look at it. The motive of the advocates and influencers in our story was that they could get children to Jesus so he could touch them. The touch was a modifying influence. In other words, it changed them instantly. It's a modifying influence upon the object being touched. Jesus touched those kids. And we're going to read about the result of that in just a moment. But please know, it wasn't for a photo op. It wasn't for bragging rights. It wasn't so they could get a certificate 
or, or some literature in the mail about how awesome their kid is and a bumper sticker for the back of their chariot. It wasn't that. It was so an, an influence could come over those children by one touch from the master. One touch from Jesus would change their life forever. The people knew that, so that's why they were all in. They knew that the children's life would be changed forever and ever and ever. When we decide to get involved, oh, listen, is it because we want to see their life changed or do we have another reason? I would ask us, could you just ponder that for a moment? Let me say parenthetically before I go to number three, because this, this could result in a, a chased rabbit, and I'll, I'll, I'll try not to let it do that, but I believe the reason these people wanted to get the children to Jesus is because they had been to Jesus. Jesus had rock star status at this time in our text. They knew, these people knew what Jesus had done. They knew what Jesus was doing. They had had an experience. They had had a modifying influence happen to them. And so once that touch takes place, they just knew we've got to get more people. Look at everyone that Jesus said, follow me. They would go and get somebody and say, you've got to meet this guy. You've got to see this Jesus. He's everything that they said he was. Could it be? And we'll, I'll say this quick and we'll go right to number three. Could it be one of the reasons we're not being the advocates and the influencers we should be is because we've never had a touch from Jesus? Maybe we've, maybe we've had a casual brush up against him in a church service. at a Bible study, at a funeral. Maybe you've had a casual brush. Have you had a touch from him? Number three, advocates and influencers, they will never hinder a kid's progress. Never. I'm telling you, Although we're kind of we're hanging out in one verse here, this passage kind of wrecks me sometimes. I want you to look at this. They don't never hinder a kid's progress. We got to notice something in this text. As these people were bringing little kids to Jesus, look at that verse again. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but <laughs> the disciples rebuked them. Other accounts of this same story in the Gospels said the disciples, disciples ordered them not to do it. So, so, who are the disciples rebuking? The people. The disciples are, they're, they're the object here. They're the disciples, because the, the, other, the other renderings of this text in the, in the Gospels say that they ordered them not to do it. What's, what's, what's happening here? People are bringing, that's the verb, right? They're bringing children. And the disciples were ordering the people, stop. They were hindering progress. 
They were hindering kids getting to, come on, this is so vital. This is important. Because of an advocate and an influencer goes before and makes the way for the children. And does not become a roadblock. You don't lay across the tracks when a kid's on his way to Jesus. You got to be flexible. You got to lean into it. Listen to me. Parents, your Bible says train up a child in the way he should go, right? Well, if, if you, and it'll never depart from it. If you really, if you really dive into that and break that down, here, here's, and this, this, this changed the way I parented. If Miss Kim was in the room, she's serving in children's ministry today, but if she was here, she would amen this. You can ask her. That train up a child in the way he should go. We, we know the heart of what it's talking about. But when you really break that down, it means this. You have to lean into the way your child is made up. Because here's the reality of it, parents, and you already know this. I'm saying this to you, but I know your kids are going to overhear it. You can't handle everything the same with every kid. You can't. They process data differently. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying you don't have house rules. Please don't misunderstand me. Yeah, you, you, you can't let somebody just curse out mom and say, that's just the way I'm made up. Well, you're made up in the ER now. because. <laughs> but but, but here's, the re, here's the reality. You're training that child up in the way he will go. In the way he moves forward. You got to lean into that personality. You got to lean into that character. You understand what I'm saying? And when we don't, we hinder. We can hinder a child getting to Jesus. And I, and I don't think that's a far leap because what they're going to see about authority, what they're going to see about leadership, what they're going to see about people speaking into their life is you, mom, is you, dad, is you, grandpa, it's you, grandma, it's you, uncle, it's you, auntie. So we have to lean into these kids where they are and how they are. You, you couldn't... I, I got to think. Candace and Heather are down there too, right? Then I can say this. You, 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 you couldn't deal with Heather the same way you dealt with Candace. It would have crushed Heather. See, see Dwayne grew up with me in my house. So uh, uh, he, he knows I couldn't deal with Dustin like I dealt with... <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I have a son. Me and mom have a son. He's 40 years old. I'm old. Nip it. I know I'm old. Tom, amen. You're still older, though. God bless you. Listen, we've got to lean in understanding the way our children learn, how they process Otherwise, we'll be a hindrance getting them to Jesus. I noticed something else interesting in this passage. <laughs> the operative phrase in this little narrative is the word bringing, which means these people were in the process of bringing. And so much so that 
Our verse is going to say in the next verse that when Jesus saw this, when Jesus saw this, saw what? When Jesus saw the bringing, it was a continual, think of it like a river flows. That's the same word. It was like in waves, these kids were coming to Jesus. God, picture this. They were just coming to Jesus because these people got involved. They were bringing and bringing and bringing. And as the children were getting closer to Jesus, the disciples interfered with their progress and told the people, stop. It's not time. It's not the place. Take a number. He's tired. He needs to rest. Jesus wasn't okay with that. He was not okay with that. We can hinder progress in so many ways. Amen. So many ways. It's, I mean, it's, uh, we can limit the kid's creativity, thus hindering him. We can, we, can, we can make plans for them that keeps them away from being in the house of God, thus hindering them. It's so important that we are very proactive and intentional. Amen. And of all the people that could have interfered interfered with the progress of these young people, it was the daggone disciples. It were the ones who walked with Jesus the longest. I'm going to say that again. Isn't it amazing that the ones that did the hindering were the ones that walked with Jesus the longest? God, forgive us. Forgive us. The ones who, who hindered the children in our text, they should have understood it better than anybody. Listen, they knew Jesus' heart for kids. They, they, were, they, were, they knew his compassion. They were there when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. They were, they were there when, when he delivered the woman's daughter from demon possession. They were there. But yet... They hindered. In spite of what they knew, in spite of what they saw. I just, I, I, let, me, let me speak to those who I, who I know are hearing what I'm saying. We don't have to make a big ordeal about the ones we know are doing the hindering. It might be your ex. Is that, that's scratchy right there, isn't it? It might be your ex. It might be your mom. Might be your father-in-law. You don't have to say nothing about it. You know why? Jesus defended the kids. Oh no, no. See, see, I'm I'm trying to help somebody today. I look at verse 14. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He was indignant. He said to them. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He did not address the people. He didn't address the children. He dealt with the ones that were doing the hindering. You got to see this. People just sat back. The people bringing the kids who are now being hindered, they just had to sit back and go, Jesus has got this. So I'm just going to be right here because I know I'm getting them to Jesus and he's going to stop this foolishness. And he did. 
See, so many times we engage so quickly. We engage so quickly, Dwayne, that Jesus don't even have an opportunity to do what he came to do. Because we know more than he does. Yeah, we think. Oh, let me hurry. Number four, advocates and influencers, they get involved, they have the right motives, they never hinder a kid's progress, and they see the worth of a child. They know the worth. And you know how they knew the worth of a child? Because Jesus set the value. Jesus set the value, so they knew the worth. In verse 15 of our text, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Real advocates, real influence, recognize the investment that kids make in the kingdom, in our lives. And when Jesus uses the word like, so he says, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, he's using a simile there which compares those two objects. He compares the kingdom to the children. Are you seeing this at all? The kingdom of heaven is like, not kind of like, not maybe sort of. He's drawing a comparison. The kingdom of heaven is like these little kids. And if we don't receive the kingdom of heaven, thus receiving the children, we won't enter it. You just read it. I didn't say it. Jesus did. It's important we see it. I think kids can teach us a thing or two about how we ought to come to God. Amen? Yeah, I think so. I love this because it's not the children that have to become like adults to get into the kingdom of heaven. You with me? It's not the children that have to act like adults. No, kids are made to be kids. It's the adults that have to come like children. That, that's kind of crucial to this whole story. Children are forgiving. Children are humble. Children have to be taught otherwise. Come on. Children can be extremely selfish. I've admitted so can I. But most of all, children exercise very simple faith. Kids, don't listen to this next thing I'm going to say because I'm about to let the cat out of the bag. Parents, you're going to relate to this. When talking about a kid's simple faith, one of the funnest things to do with a kid is just trick them. <laughs> Am I right, though? I mean, if you grew up like Iris and Jim Mayan, Pastor Ryan's household with my daughter Candace, you, you live your whole life wondering what's reality because it's the prankiest family I've ever met. My, I'm like, I, I, I think I would just kill you in your sleep and just tell God you went away because I would just live like, ah, I would just live my, yeah, but I get all anxious every time I turned around. Kids, you can get them to believe a whole lot of things. Huh? Now, now, now let me pause here and let me, I'm not advocating lying to your children. What I'm saying is, if we understand how easy it is to trick a kid because of their simple trust and faith, 
why ain't we harnessing that reality and getting the kids to Jesus and introducing them to the greatest story ever told. And that is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for their sins and rose again. Listen to me. Listen. This ain't a Jeff Burke stat because I personally, I don't like statistics. Because I can make a statistic say anything I want. But this one is legit. And that is, the older a person gets, the less likely they are to come to Jesus. Why is that? Because you ain't going to change my mind on nothing. And I can't yours either. But a kid believes, which is why you and I have to become like children. If that's the value and the worth that Jesus puts on children, how dare we diminish that? How dare we? How dare we diminish that? Finally, we see the result of the advocacy of these people Verse 16, I love this. And he, that's Jesus, took the children in his arms, placed his hand on them, and blessed them. These kids were able to enter into an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe because some people overcame the odds, overcame the hindrances of those who walked with Jesus a long time. And said, they need to get to Jesus. And he touched them and marked them forever. Advocates and influencers. I thought of this as I close. I thought about, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a picture person. That's kind of how I learn. I, I see it, right? Um, if, you just, if you just tell me how to do something, I might not be able to do it. I, I really, I, I process information really weird. I got to see it. And, I, and I'm like, God, what does that look like? And I was in prayer and God said clearly to me, he said, what about your own kids? And I, and I, I thought I was getting challenged by the Lord on what, was I an advocate? Was I an influencer? That wasn't what he was doing. I really felt impressed from the Lord. He wanted me to use a physical illustration and what it looks like to be an advocate and an influencer. I thought about when my kids were trying to get something when they were small and it was out of reach for them. Which is like the relationship with Jesus. When my kids were small, when my grandkids were small, some of your kids, when they were small, how did you get them to what was out of reach. You reached down. You got on their level. And you raised them up. You raised them. This is my Lion King moment. You raised them up. Your, your arms became an extension of their arms. Now, I know that illustration doesn't carry much weight coming from me because all your kids are bigger than me. But I'm taller than some. So what I want to do is I want to be able to help the ones I can. But I can only get them. And then, and then Ben's got to come along behind me because, well, He's a regular sized man. And so I can only get the kid here. 
But I got to be okay with, you know what? Would you get him to where he needs to be? I've taken him as far as I, come on now. I've taken him as far as I can take him. And I'm not going to be a hindrance because I don't like your hat. I, I was trying to think of something I don't like about you and there's nothing. I like your hat. But I, I, I have to be, I've got to swallow my pride and understand this is a team effort. Because we are trying to get children to Jesus. That's our intention. That's our motive. That's why Holly and Chancey do what they do and do it so daggone well. And we're so thankful for them and all the volunteers that just are teaching your children, even as I preach to you right now. But we have to understand parents. We have to understand. We can only get them so far. Now let me speak to those of you that are able to get them higher. Are you an advocate and an influencer so that the parent can say, he's got this. He's got this. I can entrust him or her with getting my kid to Jesus. I couldn't have timed that baby to make a sound any better. <laughs> I wish I'd have had that on a track somewhere. I'd have played that. Before we go into this dedication, I want you to understand that like these little children, we all needed an advocate and an influencer. The Bible says that Jesus is our advocate. He gets us to the Father. You can't get to God without going through Jesus. Amen. So maybe you're here and you want to be an advocate and an influencer, but you need to get to Jesus first. Hey, Mom, Dad, can I, can I just encourage you with something? We, we want to partner with you, and, and man, we're all in. Know that right now. We're all in. But they don't look at me like they look at you. I, can, I could never, would never dream of trying to take your place, Dad. Never. It's not my heart, not my intention, not even a thought in my head. Because they look at you differently than they look at me. So you need an advocate. All I'm trying to be at this very moment is the one that helps lift you up to put your hand into Jesus' big hand. Maybe you're here and you're at that season in your life where, man, you, you don't have kids yet. It's a thought. Maybe you might want some. Why not prepare yourself now to be the mom or the dad that becomes an influencer and an advocate for your child to get them to Jesus? Why not get that stuff squared away right now? And if you already have children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, please know we need you to be advocates and influencers. We need you to partner with us as we partner with you to get children 
to Jesus. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, Lord. I said earlier that you, you and I hold the keys in many ways to the success of our children in the kingdom. Before we present these children to the Lord, I want to talk to the mom and dads for a minute. First of all, thank you so much for entrusting your kids to the Body Dayton Children's Ministry. We just want to partner with you and help getting them to Jesus. But thank you for allowing us the privilege to serve your family and your children. But I have to ask you because I love you. And, and I really am asking this in love. I'm not asking this in a condescending way. I'm not higher than you or above you. But I am asking. Do you need a touch from Jesus? So you can with authenticity make a way for your children to get to Jesus. So that it's not confusing to them that it's one way on this day and another way on another day and whoever you're with. Do you need a touch from Jesus? Do you need to just sign up right now? Not, not with me, not, with, not even with the body dating. With heaven. I say today's the day when I make Jesus the Lord of my life. I give him my life. I need him to forgive me. I need him to cleanse me. If you feel the Lord calling you to do that right now, would you just raise your hand? I just want to pray with you, that's all. Just raise your hand. God bless you, son. Proud of you right here on the back. Ma'am, God bless you. Thank you for that. I took courage. God bless you, son. Proud of you, bro. Who else? Who would join these three and say, man, I just, I, God bless you, son. I appreciate you, Gavin. I love you, man. I'm proud of you, bro. I mean that, dude. I'm proud of you, man. Got you a new job. Dude. God's working in your life, son. God bless you in the back. God, thank you, dear. Who else? Who else? I just, I need Jesus, man. I, I got to get serious about this. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Who else? Last call. Last call. Agree with me. Let's pray together. Those of you that raised your hand, listen very clearly to me, please. Your Bible says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, very clearly what that means, it doesn't mean you, you, you go to Jesus with a laundry list of sins. That word confess, because you ain't got the time and I ain't got the time. That word confess means you just come into agreement with God about what sin is and that you're a sinner. Simply put, as I say all the time, God's right and I'm wrong. When you confess that, confess your need for a Savior, understanding that that saving grace comes only from Jesus, what he did on the cross and in the empty tomb. You begin your journey, whether you've made that decision 
last week, 10 years ago, or 50 times. Today, my friend, is a brand new beginning. Today, the grace of Jesus Christ has met you right where you are. And he has become your advocate to take you to the Father. To be made brand new at this very hour. If that is what you came here to do, agree with me in this prayer. Father, I'm sorry. I repent of my sins. God, I'm not just remorseful. I repent. I turn from my ways. I turn from the things in my life that are unpleasing to you. God, cleanse me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Lord, change me on the inside. Make me brand new. I don't need a remodel. I don't need a makeover. I need to be born again. So change me. Forgive me. Give me new life and a new beginning. Thank you. Thank you for laying your life down for me. Because I'm not worthy. But you placed value on me and gave me my worth. So thank you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me, for giving me another opportunity to walk with you. In Jesus' name, before we move on, stay in an attitude of prayer. If you made that decision, I need you to let me know that on the card in front of you. I'm not coming to your house. I'm not sending you literature. If you want to meet with me, Pastor Dwayne, or another leader of this church, please note that on the card. I just want to know that we can pray for you. If you need a Bible, let us know. If you need someone to talk to about the next step, please, please, we need to know that because we're partnering with you in your walk with Jesus. While you're filling those out, those of you that raised your hand, let me speak to the rest of us. Advocates and influencers. You've got a relationship with Jesus. That box is checked, so to speak. But you really... You're, you're feeling the draw from the Spirit today that you need to get involved. Maybe with your own children. Maybe with those you do life with. You need to get involved. You feel that today. You need to get involved for the right reason. You feel that today. You need to make sure you're not a hindrance to children's progress. You feel that today. And maybe today I'm just... The short passage that we read, you were reminded of the worth of every child on this planet. And maybe you would say, Jeff, I just need to know how I can get involved. I need God to show me what I need to do. You don't need me to tell you. You need God to tell you. And then you need to obey. Father, we give our life to you. Lord, to my friends that are under the sound of my voice, either here in this room or watching this live right now across the world. We just say, Lord, make us advocates, make us influencers. May we have a better understanding of what it means to be involved, 
a better understanding of making sure that our priorities and our motives are in check and in the right place as we are bringing children to you. God, may we understand that some of us that have walked with you the longest can be the biggest problem. Lord, forgive us. Break us. Help us to understand that it is our privilege to get children to your son. Show us the worth of the kids in our life. And we will get them to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Church, can you give God a shout of praise? Five people said yes to Jesus.